There are dozens of studies that indicate children of today are dealing with all types of issues, from anxiety to depression, distractedness, and peer pressure to fit in. It's hard to believe children so young can be faced with these issues. But even as adults, it's hard to remain positive consistently. So how do we best support our children socially and emotionally? My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. Hop on board for positivity. Next guest, Nikki Spears, is helping people strive for more in the area of school leadership and positive school culture. Nikki is a former school principal who joins John Gordon, author of The Energy Bus, to inspire educators across America to influence young minds with tenets of positivity. She now spreads positive energy and influences educators by helping them become energy bus schools and create schools of positive culture. In this episode, she will share her journey of becoming a motivational speaker and introduce us to her new series of children's books she is writing. Hi, Nikki. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I can't say I have been following you. Of course, I've heard you speak twice, and each time I hear you speak, I'm I'm just even more motivated, and I feel more positive, and I tell you, I'm not getting off of my energy bus. <laughs> that is so good to hear. That's so good to hear. All right. So I know I mentioned the energy bus, but some people, my listeners may not know what the energy bus is. So can you please explain what exactly is the energy bus? Well, The Energy Bus is a book by John Gordon, and it's a book about positive energy. And when I travel around the country and I talk about The Energy Bus, I'm talking about positive culture, and people always want to know, what does this have to do with positive culture? Because when you hear Energy Bus, you you automatically think of a bus. The book is about a guy named George who is very negative, and he has to one day catch the bus, okay? He's on the verge of losing his job. He's on the verge of losing his marriage. And uh, on this Monday morning, he wakes up to a flat tire, and he has to catch the bus, and he meets Joy, the bus driver. And he realizes right away that Joy's bus wasn't any bus. Every passenger that got on Joy's bus were introduced to these 10 rules that transformed their lives. 
And so Joy, George realized right away that this bus was a little different. And Joy's bus was called the energy bus because every passenger that got on that bus, they were introduced to those 10 rules that transform their lives. And so you and I, the reader, when we read that book, we look at George and we want a little bit more joy in our lives. And so we look at how George takes these rules and applies them in his life. And we're so inspired by the story because we all want to know how do we transform that negativity. So basically that's what the book is about. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I, I'm all about transforming for the better, and especially if it's with positivity. So how did you get involved with Mr. Gordon? I'll try to be short with this story. I was a principal, and I was using some concepts in my school which dramatically changed the culture. And then I was contacted by the company of the book I was using at the time, and they said to me that I couldn't use those concepts unless I bought into their program. Well, that program was like $80,000 over four years. Oh, wow. And I was devastated. My team was devastated because these concepts had, had really become a staple in our community. Uh, they had become our values, our beliefs, and we had posters all over the walls. And so now we had to take all of these things down, and I was thinking, so as a leader, what am I going to do? I remember sitting in my car on a Sunday evening, just scrolling through my phone on my LinkedIn page, and I came across John Gordon's profile, and I heard a voice speak to me so vividly. And when I say that to people, I always tell the story, and they say, how did you know what that meant? But that voice said to me, I want you to continue to take risks. And I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. So I sent Mr. Gordon a quick message that said something like, hi, Mr. Gordon, I'm an elementary school principal. I would love to build curriculum around your book, The Energy Bus, something like that. Well, the very next morning, I had a message from Mr. Gordon, and it said, thank you so much for caring. Send me a one-pager of your idea. Let's talk. Here's my cell phone number. Here's my email. And this is the part that really spoke to my spirit. It said, we've been waiting on the right fit. And so that night I wrote up that one pager. I did a little bit better than that. Maybe a week later I flew down to Florida to meet with Mr. Gordon and share my vision. And the Energy Bus for Schools leadership journey was born. I left my job in 2016, July of 2016, with no promise of pay. I stepped out on faith. And in August of 2016, I had five schools sign up to become energy bus schools. And to date, we have over 150 schools on board. So it's, it's been wow. an awesome ride. Let me just say that, an awesome journey. Well, I commend you, Nikki, that courage to just reach out there. But that just really speaks to the testament that you don't know what can transpire from something if you don't even try exactly. <laughs> at all. Exactly. So. In your opinion, why do you think people so often get stuck in ruts that are hard for them to get out of? I think when we're in it, it's, it's hard to see ourselves getting out of it. I, I really call it our being stuck in the mud, like our wheels are spinning and we're going nowhere. And it's really hard to transform that when you're going through something that's really tough. But when you think about it, we've gone through things that are tough. And there's always joy on the other side of that. There's always, I call it beauty underneath the struggle. 
there's always beauty underneath the struggle. And so if we continue to live, we will get past whatever that is. Some people describe it as a cloud, you know, that it's going to just eventually pass by or pass over. And if we remember that, then it will be easier to get through the struggle. And then thinking about, okay, so what do I learn from this situation while I'm in it? Because I felt that way where my bus was stuck in the mud for so many years and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I learned a lot of strategies that helped me along the way to learn to transform the negativity so I can live a more positive life. The beauty underneath the struggle. I love that. I love that. (laughs) All right. So bullying. (laughs) It's an unfortunate part of our society and we deal with it. We've seen recent events where bullying can even, you know, cost someone a life. And unfortunately, our children are dealing with it as well. So how do we best educate our sons and daughters about bullying and how not to be a bully themselves when we're trying to promote positivity, but how do we help them with that? I know, yeah. I mean, even as a principal, what I found was that anytime we had these anti-bullying weeks or we try to educate and let kids know what to do, what not to do, what it was. And what we found was the more we talked about it, the more bullying, you know, we got. So the more reports of bullying um, we got during those times. So I think it is a very unfortunate situation, but I think that it takes understanding that when people are being negative, it's it's more about what's happening on the inside rather than what they see on the outside. And if each of us were to become more self-aware, and I'm talking about our kids too, and a lot of what I teach when I go into schools is self-awareness, not only for students, but for teachers as well, because we have all these biases, these perceptions. I say we we have our own personal culture that we really need to assess and become familiar with so that we understand how our behaviors may impact others. But I've learned over the years that people who are negative or people who talk down to others, they, are really, they really have some issues going on within themselves. And so I think teaching kids self-awareness, taking responsibility, and the importance of taking care of self and others is so important. And, and so it's not only that our kids learn that, but th- that the adults learn that as well. Hmm. That's so true. Yes, self-awareness is is something that definitely has great benefits within itself. So I know as a a former leader of a school, all stakeholders are important, and especially within your students, and you also want to make sure you're building relationships with the parents. So what can parents do to help support the school of their sons and daughters to support a positive school culture? There are a lot of things that our our parents can do. First is just understanding uh, what happens in a school. A lot of parents are unfamiliar because we're so busy that we don't understand everything that happens in the school. But taking time to kind of understand your child's day, understand the teacher's day and some of the curriculum, even what's going on, what they're being taught in school. I would would like to get parents more involved. And as, as a teacher, I would, even with parents that worked a lot, I would give them things to do at home, and that builds that connection because learning 
should extend beyond the walls of the school. It should be spread throughout the community. Schools are not only for students, they're also for adults. So we need to find ways to engage parents to make them feel like this school is their school as well. I've seen Head Start programs, which I really admire. I used to be a Head Start teacher. So I really uh, love the Head Start organization and how they bring in the parents. They have learning centers. They connect them with community resources, with jobs. And I think public schools can do a little more of that as well with families and engaging them in that way. Yeah, we could do a lot of things with parents at home, giving, you know, having, inviting them in the school to do some things with us, finding out what their talents are so that we can engage our parents. They are part of the community. Absolutely. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Okay. So you (laughs) have a series of children's books that you are writing, and they're centered around several social and emotional topics. So tell the listeners about this exciting (laughs) new endeavor. Well, let me tell you, since we've been home with COVID, I've been trapped in the house. So I always think there's something more for me to do. Like, what do, how, how do I take advantage of this time? I've written three books, okay? One adult book, wow. which is uh, <laughs> The Beauty Underneath the Struggle, Sharing Your Bus Story. So it's B-U-S, Beauty Underneath the Struggle. That's going to be coming out in July. And then I started a series of children's books and, books, and I was inspired by my little granddaughter, because I, I really think that we need more lessons on how do we become more self-aware, how do we understand the power in taking responsibility, how do we start our, our kids out early understanding how important it is to focus on the positive things that's happening in our lives. Because for some reason, adults, we're so prone to just you know, look at all the challenges, and we rarely look at all the blessings that we have. So I, I wanted to do something not only for my granddaughter. My, I suffered from negative thinking when I was a little girl and apparently passed that on to my kids who have now learned to transform some negativity as well. And so I just want kids to have, you know, an early start with understanding how we do that. I think it will make such a a better world if our kids can focus on the positive things that's happening around them. So that's, I was inspired by my granddaughter. Yes. Well, I can't wait to see the, read one of those books when they come out and share them with my children. You mentioned (laughs) uh, having to deal with negativity and, and I understand that as well because I've also had to deal with negativity. And I just want to ask you, what would you like to be able to tell other young girls out there that may be dealing with, you know, negative views or negative kind of reactions, just dealing with negativity, period, within school or in life in, in, in general? In general, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, first of all, it, it took me years to get to a point where I understood that my thoughts were not a part of me. And once I started to understand that my thoughts were not a part of me until I invited them in, that was one big thing. That was one, like, aha moment for me, like, wow, because I thought, I, I thought my thoughts were a part of me. And I understood that I had uh, the opportunity to welcome those thoughts in or not. And it really does take you understanding yourself, taking responsibility for where you are, to understand 
the power that you have over the negativity in your life and learning to look around and be grateful for the things you do have. You get more of what you focus on. So I try my best, even though there are times I can get down and I can get negative. I don't stay there as long as I used to. That's the, that's the thing. You know, I go out and I speak about positivity and people think I am the most positive. Like, how do you stay positive all the time? And I'm like, no, I'm not positive all the time. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> right. I, I still have to, that's something I'll be working on the rest of my life, but it also, it makes me passionate about what I do right now. I think, you know, everything we go through as, as young children, everything that we go through, at, you know, in our adult lives, it, it prepares us for what God wants us to do. And I believe that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because I've had to do it in my own life where I'm constantly transforming negativity. But I guess for other young ladies out there who struggle with that, just know that your thoughts are not a part of you unless you decide to agree with that thought and and invite it in and that you can transform that belief by just simply telling yourself a different story. So I've had to tell myself different stories about what happened to me growing up. I had to tell myself things where I could continue to, to drive because I, I look at things, if you look at things in a negative way, you will get stuck, like you talked about earlier. You'll, you'll get stuck mm-hmm. thinking about, I wonder why they don't like me. I wonder why this happened to me. But if you tell yourself a different story, then you're able to move on and, and not stay there, stay in that situation so long. Yes, yes. So then how can, yeah, of course, this is just in your opinion, but how can parents best support the social and emotional health of their sons and daughters? I think the, the best thing parents can do for their kids is taking care of themselves. I think a lot of times the adults, and I see that with teachers too, is that we don't take care of our own social and emotional health, but yet we are so concerned about our sons and daughters. When our energy and our modeling, they look to us to kind of show them how to respond or when to react, what to say. They look to us for those kind of things. So I, I think the best thing you can do for your kids is, Take care of yourself, and then they will learn to take care of themselves, and then you'll be there to support them in an emotional way. Well, Nikki, thank you so much. <laughs> I, I have one last question. Yes. Uh, I have that kind of wraps up the interview. I always like to ask my guests one last question that kind of has nothing to do with the interview uh, or the topic <laughs> that we're talking about. I don't know why I do this, but I think it's fun. Uh, it helps me get to know my guests a little bit better and helps the listeners also Okay, so what's one book that changed your life after you read it? Okay, and, and since you've heard me speak, you may have heard me talk about this book, and I take it with me to every event, and I'll read the first page of the book. And the book is titled The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Uh, Jack Canfield is the author of the Chicken Soup books. And that book, my husband came to me and he said, Nikki, read the first page of this book. This book looks like it has like a thousand pages, and I'm like, I am not about to read that book. He said, just read the first page. And after I read the first page, 
I'm telling you, my life has been transformed. And I usually will buy this book. Like if I'm, if I have people that come to me and they say, Nikki, I'm struggling with this, or I, I say, go out and get that book. I want you to get the book. Read the first page. And I ended up reading the entire book. It's awesome. Well, then you have me. I need to go get that book. <laughs> yeah, you go. I'm telling you, you will love it. I'm telling you, yes. It's one of those books that's going to motivate you. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's different for everybody. Everybody has that thing. You know, I've, I've seen this book work wonders for people. And then I've seen people, I'll send it to them like, oh, I didn't really get it. You know, so it has to be a message meant for you. Right. That's so yeah. true. That's so yeah. true. At the right time, too, right? At the right time. Right. Yes. Everything has its own <laughs> timing, I tell you. Yes. Well, Nikki, I hate to do this, but that's our time. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed this conversation. I really appreciate you. Can you do me a favor? Can yes. you please tell the listeners out there how they can purchase a copy of your new book, The Hand Hug, and then also additionally, The Beauty Underneath the Struggle, or they can book you to speak? Oh, wow. Okay, well, my books have not been made available yet. We're working on that. Uh, my first children's book will come out this month, and I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers for June 19th. It's called The Hand Hug, and that will be out. So if you want to contact me, the best way to do that for speaking engagements, for books, email me, info, I-N-F-O, at NikkiSpears.com info at NikkiSpears.com. And they can also find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Nikki Spears. I have an author page now. And I'm on Twitter at Nikki Spears 4. So I'm all over the place. Wonderful. Any last words of encouragement for the listeners? I think in the world where we are right now, I think it's important that we all take a look on the inside, just stop reflect on some of our own beliefs about ourselves, about others, about the world, and start to envision a more positive place, start to envision a more positive self. And I think that's where we start is with ourselves. And when we do that, everything else around us is going to change. So focus on the positive. Yes, focus on the positive, definitely. Yes. Well, Nikki, Thank you so much for being a guest. I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance for your future. (laughs) Please take care. Thank you so much for having me. It's easy to automatically assume that children know how to treat others. When they are unkind, we correct them and reteach the desired behavior. Parents and educators are tasked with the responsibility of promoting positive social behaviors. Positive school culture and supportive home environments help children grow into healthy individuals who can form positive relationships. And we know positivity beats negativity every time. If you like this podcast, please leave a review if your podcast player allows. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.